And I believe that today we're going to receive a word from the word through him that's going to equip us to go further in what God's called us to do here at CWC Life. So, Pastor Louie, it's an honor to have you with us. And I know, like I said, God has a word for us through you. Yesterday, you really ministered to us, you know, a word that we needed to hear. And I know again Because of the person that you are, you've heard from the Lord and you're ready to deliver. And so I I welcome you to a family here that is ready to receive what God's gifted you to bring to us. So come on up, Pastor Louis Trevino. Amen. And he will introduce his lovely wife. Thank you, sir. Amen. We're here to give it some gas. Amen. Yeah. But uh, I want to thank Pastor Angel and Pastor Damaris for having me, believing in me, for pushing me, for getting us out of our comfort zone. Amen. I shared yesterday I have a, a nice, comfortable pulpit at home that I love to preach at. I love, I love church. You know, I've loved church for 34 years now and, and maybe even before that. Amen. I just didn't know what it was all about until I met the man. Amen. Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, he transformed and changed our life. But I literally love church. I don't think, uh, I think for the first like 14 years, we never even missed a service. We had perfect attendance. We came with the flu, amen. We came with, we came, amen, with stomach flu, with whatever. We showed up at church because we love Jesus, amen, and uh, kind of, kind of broke the record there and missed a few days. We're missing our service today. As a matter of fact, would you stretch your hand towards Southern California right now? I want to pray for my church, my church family. Father, I thank you for the anointing of God in the house of God today. Let the glory of the Lord be manifested today. God, I pray for souls to be saved, for bodies to be healed, for the word to go forth with power, with might. And I thank you that your word doesn't come back void, but it accomplishes what you set it forth to do. In Jesus' name, I pray your protection around my family, God, our family. In Jesus' name. Amen. I also have with me today my partner in crime. No, no, my partner in crime. My partner, my wife, amen, who's been my wife for 37 years, amen. And we've actually actually been together for about 45 years or whatever it is. I don't know. It seems like forever. I, I loved her since I was a kid. She didn't even know who I was, amen. So literally, literally, literally. And uh, um, But uh, uh, Pastor Angel, I definitely married up. Amen. You definitely married up. Amen. How many believe Pastor Angel married up? And uh, uh, praise God. But uh, my beautiful wife, uh, Sandra, who actually is celebrating her, her birthday tomorrow. I can't give you the number. Amen. Because, amen. Uh, so, um, yeah. So we, we, got, we got married when we were four years old. So that's how old she is. <laughs> Just kidding. But thank you. Thank you for being here today. And I want to thank those that are watching online. Thank you for joining us today. Again, thank you, Pastor Angel and Damaris. Amen. For believing in us. But behind every great pastor, behind every great uh, set of pastors are great people. Amen. And I just want to give you guys just some uh, a shout out for give yourselves a hand for being the church that you are, um, for welcoming us and, you know, just uh, the hosp- hospitality, just amazing. And and uh, and I just want to change my name too to Kingston Charles Ray. Amen. What an awesome name. I want to change my name today. But thank you guys for your hospitality. Thank you for making us feel at home. Amen. And that's a rare thing. I go to churches and they don't even acknowledge you. Amen. And and um, until they find out you're the pastor that's speaking or whatever, you know, but I want to thank you guys for your hospitality. Uh, I told my wife, if we lived in the area, this would be the church that we would attend. Amen. That's how how good it felt yesterday and today. Uh, and I did sense a strong uh, worship in the house. And I'm assuming it was for Jesus, but I think it was for the 49er win. Amen. But praise God. Amen. But uh, any Cowboy fans in the house? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Stretch your hand towards those 49er. Stretch your hand towards those 49er fans right now. Yeah. I have a son-in-law who's a 49er diehard fan. And I actually sent him the song right before the game. 
I sent him the song by the Eagles and said that there's going to be a heartache tonight. Amen. And after the game, immediately after the game, he sent me cool in the gang, uh, celebrate. Amen. And so, and I called my daughter. I said, Hey, where's Peter at? Well, he can't talk right now because he promised the Lord an hour of prayer if, if the Niners won. So he was in prayer after, after the game. Amen. But, um, before the Cowboy game, I actually, I actually um, texted him and I said, uh, I said, Peter, I am so sorry for everything I ever said about the 49ers. I just wanted to get it right. You know, uh, please forgive me for everything I've said, uh, you know, about the 49ers. And this was right before the Cowboy game. And I was just trying to get, get it right. I didn't want them to lose because I had ought against the Niners or whatever. And he texted me back. He said, too late. <laughs> it's too late. Amen. But uh, praise God. I love football, too. I love I love I love the game. And, uh, you know, one thing about the NFL, there's still guys that praise Jesus. And so I really like that. Amen. But this morning, I want to make a declaration over CWC. I want to de- make a declaration. I wrote some things down. And as you're going into your sixth, uh, sixth or seventh year here in Dinuba and then gajillion years at Cutler, amen, um, I-, I believe that you're going to begin to see, and you're seeing it, but you're going to begin to see more breakthroughs. Come on, somebody. How many believe God that God wants to give you breakthroughs? I believe you're going to see. I believe and I declare that you're going to see miracle signs and wonders and you're not going to chase after them. They're going to follow you. Come on. As you gather in his presence, as you gather around the presence of God and Jesus is in the room right now, your miracle. Amen. Is, is going to be manifested, amen, because you're gathering around that camp of Jesus, the presence of God, and miracle signs and wonders are going to follow you, amen. And I like what my, my pastor would always say. He said, your miracle is in front of you. It's in front of you. It's not behind you. Come on. Stop looking in the rearview mirror for your miracle. Amen. It ain't going to happen back there. It's going to happen in front of you. So I want to just declare over this house that there is a God plan for you in 2022. There is a God plan for you in 2022. And the reason why I call it a God plan, because we can plan all kinds of stuff. But when it's a God plan, it's going to be successful. It's going to come to pass. Come on. It's going to be what he wants it to be. There is a God plan for you in 2022. CWC, there is a miracle for you in 2022. There is a miracle for you in 2022. CWC, there is a breakthrough for you in 2022. Come on. How many believe that? How many believe God has has a plan. How many believe God has a miracle for you? God has a breakthrough for you. But here's the most important part of the declaration. But it's not just for you. Come on, it's not just for you. It's not just for you. CWC, you're not just a church in a city. You're a church for a city. Come on, somebody. You're not just a church in a city. You're a church for the city. And I just looked up your demographics, and I want to give the the breakdown. Just within a two and a half mile radius of CWC Dinuba, in in the age group of of zero to four, there are 891. There's 891 zero to four within two miles of this church. Come on, how many can walk two miles? How many can walk a one mile? Amen. So you can go that way and you'll hit that boundary. So there's from zero to four, there's 891. From five to 17, come on, how many believe that you need a, 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 a you need a youth group? Amen. There's 5,303. From 18 to 24, there's 3,107. 3, From the age group of 25 to 34, you have 4,070. And from 35 to 54, which is our category, you're, you, you have 6,434, and then in the 65 plus, 65 to 100, amen, is 2,873, all within walking distance of this church, amen? So you need a God plan. You need a, you need a miracle. Come on. You need a breakthrough because, and it's not just for you. It's for those around you. I believe the church is not a, is not a four wall building. Come on. The church is the called out ones. You are the church. Amen. And so wherever you go, guess what? Church is on. You don't got to wait till Sunday. You don't got to wait till Wednesday. And I want to encourage you to be the church. 
to be the church. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, be the church. Be the church. I want to declare Psalms 512 over this congregation. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. With favor, he's going to surround you as with a shield. So I declare favor in the city. I I declare favor with law enforcement. I declare favor with other churches. I declare favor with the businesses in the community. Come on, how many are excited about this? Amen. I'm declaring this over your church. I'm declaring this over this body, over this church, because I believe God has a plan. God has a miracle and God has a breakthrough for you. Amen. And here's what I wrote down. It comes from the top down. You have amazing pastors. 25 years ago, I stood up and gave a testimony. It was at the Cutler campus. And I said, to me, he is a, they are cease to amaze me pastors. Literally. Amen. With the messages he brings and the, and the compassion that he shares and the passion that he has for you guys and for the community and for church and for Jesus. So it comes from the top down. But guess what? It's not just from the top down. It's from the bottom up. Amen. It's from the bottom up. And you might feel, you like, you might feel like I'm nobody. I'm just, I just a pew warmer. I'm just the seat filled. I want you to know that, that God's favor and God's declaration and God, what God wants to do in this church and in this city, it's going to come from the top down, but it's also going to come from the bottom up. I believe that God's going to give you God's going to give you strategic ideas. God plans, amen. And some of it will be need-based, amen. Some of it will be spiritual, come on. But you're, 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 you're a church not just in a city, but for a city. But for a city. But for a city. I feel like at my church in Wilmington, I feel like we're stewarding two different things. We're stewarding a revival. Come on, we're stewarding that outpouring of God. How many believe that your community needs Jesus? Come on, they need a touch from God. Come on, if you don't believe that, you got to just look outside the windows. Amen. Your your city needs Jesus. I declare right now that Dinuba, that Cutler, they belong to Jesus. That this is holy ground. That this is God's ground. Because the Bible says that wherever your foot treads, guess what? That's your territory. That's God's territory. Amen. Wherever you go is holy ground. It's God's ground. Amen. Because you're a church, not just in a city, but for a city. So this morning, I want to talk just a little bit. That was just the introduction. That was just the hors d'oeuvre. Amen. I want to talk a little bit about being a one another church. Being a one another church. Our Bible, our Bibles, list over 50 one another verses that describe how we're to treat one another. We need, we need one another. Come on, we need one another. Say this to your neighbors. Say, I need you and you need me. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I need you and you need me. We need one another. We need one another both inside the church and outside the church. We need one another in here and we need one another out there. And I believe that that statement is more, is more true now than ever before. Come on, I, I, I know that, that, that where I'm at, I mean, there's so much fear. There's so much division. And I'm talking about within church and within the Christian community about Vaccines and no vaccine and masks and no mask and boosters and no boosters and treatment and no treatment. And it's just tearing people apart. So I believe that we as a church, as the people of God, need to come to a realization that we need one another. There's a scripture, I think it's in Zephaniah, it says, turn your swords into plowshares. Come on, stop fighting one another. Stop trying to have sword fights and turn those swords into into plowshares because there's a harvest out there that needs Jesus. Come on. I gave you the numbers. Right now, more than ever before, we need each other. 
We were made for one another. Come on, as a church, we do life together. Amen. We watch the Raiders lose and the Niners win. Come on. We celebrate together like you celebrated a dedicating of Kingston this morning. We celebrate together. And guess what? We grieve together. When one of us is up, we are all up. And when one of us is down, we're there down there trying to pick them up. Come on. No one is an island to themselves. There's a story of a CEO and his wife. They were on a road trip. And I know Angel tells a lot of stories, so hopefully he hasn't used this one. A CEO and his wife were on a road trip. Stopping at a gas station, he noticed his wife was inside having a conversation with the attendant. When she got back into the car, she says, you'll never believe this, but that guy used to be my boyfriend in high school. The wife kind of, uh, the husband, I'm sorry, the CEO said smugly, I bet you're glad you married me, a CEO, instead of a gas station attendant. And the wife kind of ponders that and says, you know what, I was thinking that if I would have married, if he would have married me, he would have been a CEO and you would have been pumping gas. <laughs> I don't know where I would be without my wife. Amen. The moral of the story is no one gets as high as they do in life on their own. Everybody needs somebody. Amen. So the single best use of your life is to spend it lifting other people up. Amen. Lifting other people up, serving one another and being another, a one another church. Is it possible to live life triggering miracles in the life of someone else? Is it possible to live your life lifting other people up? You know, we're so busy sometimes because we have circumstances and, and, and sometimes we're so focused on what's happening to us that we forget that there's somebody right next to us who needs a miracle triggered in their life. So is it possible to trigger miracles in someone else's life? Is it possible to live your life lifting other people up? I'll give you the answer. The answer is yes. The answer is yes, but it doesn't happen without purpose. You have to purposely live your life looking for opportunities to trigger miracles in someone else's life. No one gets as high as they do in life on their own. No one gets as high as they do on their life, in their life on their own. So I don't know how anyone could do life alone. I feel sorry for the guy on the deserted island. I don't know how anyone could do life on their own. I don't know how anyone could do life without Jesus. Come on, without the rock in our life. Without that platform to stand on when we're going through those difficult times. So God's plan was for us to never go at it alone. We need one another. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I need you and you need me. I need you. And you need me. We're a one another church. We're never meant to go at it alone. That's never been God's plan. It's not God's plan then. It's not God's plan now. And it'll never be God's plan. And listen, we're all different. We all come from different backgrounds. I'll give you an example. My wife and I, I go to their house, her family's house on a, on a, on a holiday or an occasion. And it takes us an hour to leave because everybody gets a hug and everybody gets a kiss. And I'm like, <laughs> we go to my, my family's house and we're like, see you later. Just walk out. Amen. I know one of your volunteer, one of your leaders said that she didn't like to be hugged. Amen. That's, that's us. But my, fa- my wife's family, we're just different. We're brought up different. Some of us come from just different kind of culture, different ethnicity. And, but one thing that we all have in common, especially in this room, is Jesus. Come on, it's Jesus. He's the glue that brings us together. Jesus brings us together to form a community of believers. He calls us to fellowship together. He calls us to do life together, to worship together, to pray together, and to learn together. The lessons that we learn together change our life. 
Come on, somebody. How many since you've been coming to this church, you've noticed the change in your life? Come on, it might just be a quarter turn, but it's a turn. It changes your life. The lessons we learn together renews our minds with right thinking. You know, somebody's told me a long time ago, they said Christianity is just brainwashing. And I thought about that for a moment. I said, well, my brain needed some washing. Amen. How many brains needed some washing? Amen. The lessons we learn renew our minds and it fills our hearts with purpose. There's a reason for you to be on the earth today. And it's the city around you and it's the person city next to you. So among the many one another's in the Bible, I want to talk this morning about serving one another. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 through 16 in the New Living Translation says, For you have been called to live in freedom. How many thank God for freedom? You've been called to live in freedom, brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting, I had to read that twice. Biting? Come on, I don't, is there any biters in here, amen? You bite me, man, I'm gonna, I might take a swing, I don't know, bro, like. But if you're always biting and devouring, and there's another, one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Paul, the apostle, was saying our freedom is to serve one another. Come on, you've been saved to serve. Amen. You know, let me just try this. How many How many been serving God for, for longer than 20 years? How, how, about, how, about, how about 50 years? Amen. How about, you know, how about five years? How many has been serving the Lord for less than a year? Come on. <laughs> I see that one angle like that. Right? Like, <laughs> it's okay. But what does that really mean? It's kind of like this, this Christian lingo. Like, I've, I've been serving the Lord for 34 years now. What does that mean to serve the Lord? It's not just the word that we say. Paul is talking about our freedom is to serve one another in love. The Galatians were actually abusing the message of freedom. They were saying anything goes. Come on. They were taking the words literally that every, everything is um, everything is possible, but not everything is beneficial. That's the King Louis Trevino version right there. Amen. Everything is everything goes, but not everything is beneficial. And they were abusing the freedom that they had received in Christ. So Paul brings correction. And he says the true reason for your spiritual freedom is so that you can serve one another in love. You're free so that you can serve others in love. So when we say we're serving God, it's not really just a, a Christian thing that we say. It's actually something that we should put into action. That we're to serve one another in love. I like what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9.19. He said, for though I am free from all, for though I am free from all men. Come on, he was declaring that he, would, he had no strings attached. He, had, he was free from everybody. He said, for though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. So we use our freedom to serve one another in love. And Paul literally was following the model of Jesus. Jesus modeled the one another principles that we read in our Bible. And yes, Jesus opened blinded eyes. Come on. I want to lay hands and I want to see eyes open. Jesus cast out demons. Jesus cleansed the lepers. Jesus raised the dead. He walked on water. He calmed the sea and the storm. But at the end of his ministry, he demonstrated to his disciples and to us today to serve one another. 
John chapter 13 tells the story of Jesus taking off his coat, wrapping a towel around his waist, pouring water into a basin, and washing his disciples' feet, and then drying them with the towel. John 13, 12 to 15 says, So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down, he said to them, and he's saying to you today, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for I am so. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Verse 15 says, for I have given you an example that you should do what I have done. Come on, one year, one year we had a foot washing service at our church. Amen. And I think, you know, of all the verses that the Apostle Paul wrote, I think he missed it when he wrote, Beautiful are the feet (laughs) that preach the gospel. Because I sat there and I was like, oh my God, give me some gloves, amen. (laughs) Couldn't you have gone and you knew where we're doing it. Couldn't you have gone and got your toes done or something, amen. But he left us an example. And what a humbling example. Think about it. The king of kings wrapping a towel around him, kneeling down and washing dirty feet. And it wasn't like feet today. In Jerusalem, the main main mode of transportation was donkeys. That's who walked down the road. And donkeys eat hay. Amen? And they recycle the hay. And that recycled hay ends up on the ground. That you walk on. Are you getting the picture? Come on. They were stepping in some stuff. Come on, somebody. And Jesus, he, he humbled himself, the king, Jesus, the king of kings, and he washes those feet. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28 says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Jesus was, was, was not a do as I say, not as I do person. He practiced what he preached. He demonstrated for us. He left us a pattern to follow in his footsteps. You know, first century teaching wasn't like teaching is today, where the professor gives up, gets up there and gives a lesson, and you study the, you study the subject and you do a test. First century teaching was this. The teacher would roll up their sleeves and say, this is how you do it. He would demonstrate to them the lesson and show them firsthand what to do. That's what Jesus did for us. He left us an example. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. And with power, who went about doing good and and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. He healed the oppressed. He opened sight to the blind. He cast out the demons. He cleansed the lepers. He raised the dead. But it was healing and he went about doing good. Come on, we want the, we want the power. I want to see blind eyes. I want to cast out. I want to see leopards. I want to raise the dead. I want to see the healing flow. But Jesus didn't just do all of that. He went about doing good. He demonstrated serving one another. A guy by the name of John Keeble, an English churchman and poet said, "When When you are quite despondent, The best way is to go out and do something kind to somebody. Come on, somebody. In other words, he said, when you're down, when you're going through it, the best way to go out, the best way is to go out and do something kind to somebody else. He said, this is a medicine that never fails to cure. To test it, try it. Your visit to the sick the bereaved, the disheartened, and the lonely will kindle fires of love and hope upon your own desolate hearth. 
Christ was faithful and cheerful. And one reason is because he went about doing good. Imprison yourself with your sorrow and life will be a gloomy bondage. How many want to be free? Come on, how many want to be free? I want to be free, but I don't want to just be free to be free. I want to be free to serve somebody in love. Becoming a mature Christian is not about gaining more knowledge. Becoming a mature Christian is to become more like the Savior. Jesus went about doing good, helping others that the Father placed in his path. And guess what? We can mirror him. We can do the same. His compassion and love for those in need all around us. They're all around us. And we can offer both help for their temporal need and hope for their eternal need. Listen, we demonstrate his goodness by serving one another. I believe this church is a serving one another church. Amen? Because goodness always involves ways of behavior. And because God is good, He he is good to His people. And His goodness towards us flows out of us. There's an old saying, if God can get it through you, He'll get it to you. His goodness towards us flows out of us. How? By serving one another. Jesus went about doing good. He did it for the crowds and he did it for the individuals. Jesus did so much that John 21 verse 25 says that everything that he wrote, if they wrote it, everything he did, if they wrote it down, even the world itself could not contain the books. Everywhere Jesus went, he made things better for those in need. He demonstrated doing good. And then there was the ultimate act of goodness. He became sin for us. And he laid his life down on that old rugged cross. After saying in the garden, not my will. Let this cup pass from me. But not my will, but your will be done. That is the ultimate serving one another. So we're called to copy him. I'm not saying you're going to get nailed to a cross. We're called to be like him. We're called to do what he did. To say what he said. To both heal and do good. And we're never more like Jesus than when we're serving one another. Jesus came down to us as a servant. Philippians 2, 5 through 11 says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, And given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. Those in heaven and those on earth and those in Dinuba. And onto the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. So let me just give you some practical serving opportunities. The truth is, every day. We pass people that are hurting and broken. Every day, we cross paths with people that need a touch from heaven. And even within the aisles of this church, even even as you walk through the foyer and the grounds of this campus, we may not come out right out and say it, but if you look with the eyes of serving one another, you'll see the need. So here, here's what I want you to do. Start your day with this question. Who do you want me to serve today? Start your week with this question. What needs do you want me to meet as I go through this week? And then 
be on the lookout for people who are, who God is placing in your path. Jesus went around doing good to those he met. And we should do the same. Come on, we should do the same. We should do the same. My wife and I, we're on our third, we're starting today our third week of our 21 days of fasting. I wish, I wish Pastor Angel would have offered me a steak because I, cu- I couldn't turn that down. I can't, I can't be, uh, you know, I gotta respect the hospitality of the house. But our, we're on our third week and we made a, a devotional for our church for 21 days. Practical ways of intimacy with Holy Spirit. I think Pastor said it, you're never alone. Come on, say, I'm never alone. Come on, I have the Father, I have the Son, I have Holy Spirit, and two-thirds of the angels that didn't bow down to Satan. With me everywhere I go. And our goal for our church, and I believe it's the goal for this church, is to hear His voice loud and clear, to follow His leading, and just to enjoy His company. Because guess what? He enjoys yours. He enjoys yours. Amen? In His presence for all those things. To hear His voice. To follow His leading. To enjoy His company as He enjoys yours. You know, God's not impressed with revelation. He's not impressed with what you know. That kind of makes me laugh a little bit. How we can think that we can impress Him with everything we know. He knows everything. He's not moved by trying to by trying to put on a facade. Come on, how many have a church face? Come on, somebody. You got y'all got your church face on right now, amen. You come to church and it's like, oh, bless the Lord. Come on, <laughs> I'm afraid that there's a there's an app. I shouldn't even tell you. There's an app where you could change the number of the person calling. I did it to one of my staff a long time ago before I became the lead pastor. And I put Pastor Dawn's number in there. And she answered. It was so funny because I had just talked to her. She was griping and complaining about stuff. And, she, and I called her with that app. And I put our, our lead pastor's phone number in there. And she looked at the phone and she goes, Oh, praise the Lord, Pastor. How are you doing? Was, how many have your praise the Lord, Pastor uh, voice? Amen. Come on. Let's get real in here. Amen. You could be yelling at the kids. You could be kicking the dog. You could be having an argument. And the minute you see Pastor Angel's calling, you're like, praise the Lord. How are you? Oh, everything's great, Pastor. And the wife's behind you like, liar. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and tell him, thank God there's no one like that in here today. There's nobody like that in here today. There's nobody that argued on their way to church today, right? We've had some of those, amen. It's been a long time, but we had some of those back in the day, amen. Has, 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 has anybody, any guys ever your wife called the pastor on you? Anybody? Wow. <laughs> My wife called the pastor on me. Come on, somebody. It's a long time ago, long, long, long time ago. But he enjoys your presence. He wants us to serve one another. Jesus demonstrated it. He showed it. He, come on, he, he, he gave us the example. He said, I did this so that you can have an example to follow. But our fast isn't a fast to, to lay out the sackcloth and the ashes. Come on, we didn't come in here all droopy and, and, and sad because we haven't had anything good to eat for a couple of weeks. Because the kind of fast that God wants, it's found in Isaiah 58. And I love this verse because it demonstrates what we're talking about today. He says, is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bounds of the wicked? To undo the heavy burdens? To let the oppressed go free? And that you shall break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked, that you cover him. And, hi- and not hide yourself from your own flesh. I like what verse 8 says. Then, come on, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. 
Then, then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here am I. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of your finger and speaking wickedness. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach. The restorer of the streets to dwell in. Come on, what a call from God. I like this verse because it doesn't talk about a fast that sacrifices. God's fast doesn't just starve yourself. It's a spiritual act. Verse 5, the verse above that says, Is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day of the Lord? No, that's not the kind of fast that Isaiah is talking about. He wants a fast where we serve one another inside and outside the church. How about if you go out and loose the bonds of the wicked? How about if you undo some heavy burdens? How about if you go set the oppressed free? How about if you break every yoke? You share your bread with hungry and you cover someone who needs clothes. That's the kind of fast that God is looking for. And here's the results. The results are your light is going to break forth. Your healing is going to spring forth. Your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. He will have your back. Satisfy. He'll satisfy your soul. He'll strengthen your bones. You're going to be like a watered garden, a spring of water, whose waters do not fail. Serve one another. Meet the needs of others. And guess what? He'll meet yours. He always meets yours. Amen. So here's the ultimate way. Here's the ultimate way about doing good. You tell somebody about Jesus. Every one of us could do that. You tell somebody about Jesus. You tell them about his love. You tell them about his grace. You tell them about his goodness. About his perfect plan of salvation for them. You invite them to come to know the same Savior who is so good to you. That is serving one another. That will impact their lives and your lives forever. Jesus, he went about doing good. Oh, he healed. I love that part. Come on, I want my shadow. Let's try it. I want my shadow to go over somebody and somebody get healed. I want to lay hands on the sick and want to see them recover. Come on, and I've experienced that. Two testimonies. I had a partner from work who went to Mexico surfing. Went out surfing by himself. Hit his head on a reef. Was in the water for like two or three hours, face down. His wife found him in the waves like a seal that was being washed up. She called, well, there is no 911 over there. She called the hotel. They brought the ambulance. They put him on life support. He was on life support all the way in Mexico. They put him on a flight to come home. No, the pupils weren't dilated or if there's anybody in the medical field, you know what I'm talking about. All that stuff. They put him on a plane and spent $20,000 to fly him home so they can unplug the machine with his family. I went to go see him. My wife and I, she'll remember. And, and we were just there planning on saying, saying a prayer and, and, and bidding farewell. Be there for the family. We walk in the room, me and her. We walk in the room. And the guy wakes up. 
he sits up, he starts trying to pull the tubes out of his nose, trying to pull the machine off and try to, trying to talk and trying to, trying to, trying to just say something. And we're like, wow, we're amazed. We're like, well, praise God, God did a miracle in the air. And we walk out to the, to the waiting room and his wife was in there. We had never met her. And I, I go in there and I said, oh, praise God, he's doing better. He's, he's awake. He's trying to pull the tubes out. He's trying to say something. And she's like, what are you talking about? Who are you? Are you a doctor? And I'm like, no, I'm his work partner. <laughs> I just walked in the room and he woke up and she ran in the room amazed. She didn't realize that that had even happened. It was a total miracle of God. Come on, how many believe God still does miracles today? But Jesus didn't just do that. He didn't just walk on water. He went about doing good. He went about doing good. So let's imitate his example. Let the Holy Spirit, who's living in you, change the world around you. And look for ways to serve one another. Inside the church and outside the church. Let's be a one another church. I want to pray right now. Father, we thank you for the amazing example, the demonstration, the path that you set before us to walk, as Peter said, in your footsteps. And this morning I pray for this church. I thank you for this church. That this church is not a church just in a city, but for the city. That the light of God would shine from this church to the north, south, east, and west. And that the harvest of God, come on, that the harvest of God, those that need serving, those that need a touch from heaven, those to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west, We mentioned the numbers, only two miles away. I pray for houses right now. As I'm seeing houses right now, there might be funny, but I see people eating menudo and gathering around the table. Father, we're praying for those people right now. The ones that don't even know that they need you in their life. The ones that need a drawing in. The ones that need a saving. The ones that need the Savior. The ones that need to be served by us. I pray for dads right now. Stubborn dads. Macho dads. That God, you would begin to massage their hearts. That you would begin to break down in their life whatever that hardened ground is. That they would become become sensitive to the calling of God in their life. Because if we can get a hold of dad, the rest of the family will follow. So we pray that over the households of Dinuba right now and Cutler. Kitchen tables right now. Jesus, show up in that house. Show yourself real. Show yourself strong. Minister now. Father, I pray for this congregation. I thank you that they're already a serve one another church. But maybe today, God, maybe it's a reminder. Maybe it's a challenge to step out of our comfort zone and to see the opportunities before us that you place before us every single day. Serve one another. And maybe it's in this church. Maybe it's within the aisles of this church, within the pews of this church or the chairs of this church, that we would would see the need, that we would look with eyes of serving one another. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet right now. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what dark cloud may be over you right now. I want you to know you came to the right place. Because God has a God plan for you in 2022. 
There's a, there's a miracle for you in 2022. And there's a breakthrough for you in 2022. But I want you to know you don't have to wait till December. Today is the day. Right now is the time. There's never a better time than in the presence of God with the family of God. So if you have a need right now in your life, I want you to just slip your hand up really quick. Slip your hand up. There's hands up going everywhere right now. I want to give us an opportunity right now to put this message into practice. If you see somebody with a hand up right now, I want you to put your hand on them. I want you to begin to pray right now. I don't know what their need is. I don't know what they're going through. Come on, let's serve one another. Let's serve one another. Let's follow the example of Jesus. Come on, right now, just go to somebody. It's okay, open your eyes. Look around, look for a hand that's up. And let's serve one another. It might be a prayer of breakthrough. It might be a it might be just a hug. It might be just a smile. It might be just that everything's going to be okay. It might be handing them a $50 bill or a $20 bill or a whatever dollar bill. It might be meeting a need, but you're serving one another. Come on, let's serve one another right now in this church. Serve one another. Serve one another. Father, I pray. I pray for breakthrough prayers right now. I pray for amazing words to come right now, God. God, that we would say, I don't know where that came from. It's from the Holy Spirit right now. The right things to pray. The right things to say right now over your brother, over your sister. Come on, you're serving one another. We, we need each other. We're not an island to ourselves. We go higher because of somebody else. Come on, your miracle is triggered by someone else today. We pray for miracles. I pray for signs and wonders, God, as we have gathered in your presence. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Today's the beginning of a new day. You don't have to hang your head low. It's not about your past, it's about your future. Feel there's someone in here that you just beat yourself up. It's like over and over and over the enemy just reminds you and reminds you of what you did, of where you've been. And it's like this weight. And I just declare right now, today, that weight is broken off of you. Because that's not what God thinks of you. As a matter of fact, He's smiling over you. As you're serving one another, there's a smile on the Master's face. Nothing makes him more happier than to see you do what he did, following in his footsteps, serving one another, serving one another. Look for opportunities in the aisles, in the pews, in the foyer, at the restaurant, at your school, at your work, in your neighborhood. Serve one another. We're a one another church. We're a one another church. God bless you guys. I'm going to invite Pastor. We're going to worship God. Come on, just lift your hands. Just begin to thank Him right now. Come on, if God spoke to you, come on, just begin to worship Him. Come on, begin to praise Him. Begin to magnify Him. Begin to thank Him. In Jesus' name.